Welcome to CCC's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Velocity of Content. It's Friday, February 23rd, 2024. Today, as we do each week, we check in with Publishers Weekly on news from the world of books and publishing. Jim Milliot, editor-at-large with Publishers Weekly, joins me today from New York City. Welcome back to the program, Jim. Uh, great to be back, Chris. Happy to be pinch hitting for Andrew, who's uh, playing tennis in Key Game, Florida this week. Sounds like fun. And it's also fun to have you on the show, Jim. You covered a recent Circana Book Scam webinar with analyst Kristen McLean. She offered her forecast for 2024 trade book sales. What impact does Kristen McLean see from the presidential campaign and the election in November? Well, you know, Chris, election years are always a tricky, uh, tricky time for publishing. You know, back in the day when so much promotion depended on going on TV, going on radio, um, a lot of that time always got eaten up by presidential coverage. So this was a little bit different in that, you know, book promotion isn't dependent on those type of outlets anymore, um, you know, a lot of digital. But um, in terms of actual what is going to be sold, what's going to be published. She is very confident that books about former President Trump and President Biden will not be in high demand this year, simply because there's already been so much written about both, particularly Trump, um, and in terms of just overall media coverage and books produced. But she did think that you might see an uptick in um, history books that can give context to what's going on today, and also true crime. How else might U.S. readers want to distract themselves from the Biden-Trump rematch that's coming in November? Well, I think the word distract uh, sort of says it all, Chris. Escapism is uh, high on uh, what Kristen thinks is going to do well. And as I think listeners know, last year was a fantastic year for that category called romanticy, which combines you know romance and fantasy. Uh, the Iron Flame and Third Wing by uh, Rebecca Yaros were two of the big bestsellers. And there's every reason to expect that these books will continue so well into uh, 2024. In, in fact, both of those two books I just mentioned are selling really well. And then Sarah Moss's title went right to number one when it really was released on January 30th. Uh, sales are already you know, over half a million copies sold. So it really looks like um, romanticy, as Kristen said, is going to be uh, the category of the year. Some other things you might think, you know, just really follow suit in terms of books that can um, give adults, you know, some sort of uplift, be it, you know, religion books or something inspirational like that. And another one are uh, another category is self-care. Books on exercise were really high last year. She expects that to continue again into this year. Books on women's health, she thinks, are going to be high, as well as books on personal growth. So um, I think she's right right on about that. You know, in times of um, uncertainty, these type of categories tend to do well. Kristen McLean also said she's optimistic for adult nonfiction sales in 2024 when compared to 2023. What reasons did she give, Jim, and what are the signs so far? Uh, well, you know, she's uh, she's hardly optimistic about uh, adult nonfiction as well as uh, sales in general. Some of this stems from the end of last year when uh, BookScan found that unit sales were up at 1%, which was 
but way better than people thought. So that, so that was a, a really good sign. I've talked to some other people who sort of back up that notion. Um, Joe Matthews, who's the head of IPG, an independent book distributor, said he had a, a good fourth quarter and that um, sales in January were up. And one thing that really struck me was the results of HarperCollins. They published their results for the last half of 2024, and they were phenomenal. Profits are up 67%, which is unheard of, and sales are up 4 or 5%. And, you know, they attributed this to a number of things. And it also goes to the whole optimism thing in that both Harper and Joe Matthews were hoping that the last of the pandemic hiccups that we're all familiar with, higher freight costs, higher production costs, disruption in the supply chain are, are largely behind us. And if that's the case, um, you know, as Joe Matthews put it, um, hopefully we're off the roller coaster that they've been riding for the last two or three years and we'll have a little bit more predictability in the market. And, you know, and I, and I think we're, we are seeing that to some degree, I think. So that's one of the things she was saying. She's really uh, optimistic about that things were sort of quiet down in terms of, you know, the back office type of things that have been so disruptive. And that'll just help. For one thing, it'll help profits because one thing that publishers really were struggling with last year were the higher costs. Um, and again, as we just mentioned, it looks like those costs might be moderating this year. F- freight costs for sure are down. So, and I think they have things more factored in. You know, unfortunately, there was a lot of layoffs last year as people were kind of right-sizing the business. And Kristen didn't really want to put a number on what she thought sales would do, but she was generally optimistic that uh, we could see a slight uptick. So that would be, you know, we've had two down years. So anything that is, you know, on a positive momentum is a good thing. In her recap of 2023, Jim, Kristen McLean noted that the children's book segment had some of the steepest declines. Yeah, children's has been a soft spot for for a little while. And as, as she noted in particular, the um, middle grade, which is you know, ages 9 to 12, ha- has taken a real hit. It's the only category that is below 2019. You know, 2019 is still a yardstick that, you know, a lot of the publishers are measuring how they're doing this year. So, you know, and they're starting to investigate it. It's not really clear what's driving this decline. Um, so, you know, that's one of the weaker spots. But there's been pockets of growth last year included the Bluey license books, holiday books, and activity books. So we'll see how things shake out. You know, juvenile nonfiction was, you know, particularly soft as well. Kind of hate to keep going back to 2020. But when the, the pandemic first hit, you know, that category just boomed with all the parents buying educational books and other reading material for their kids who they were trying to teach and entertain at home when schools were closed. Book talk has played a big role in boosting sales over the years recently, Jim, and especially for Colleen Hoover. Does Kristen McLean expect the book talk factor to prevail in 2024 and in what categories? This is really interesting. Bookscan follows like about 100 or so authors who are you know, really on book talk a lot. And for the first time in July, their sales went down compared to a year ago. So we're starting to wonder 
well, there's book talk losing their influence. Um, but what they just did not too long ago was they removed Colleen Hoover's sales from that. For, in 2023, her sales went down by $3 million compared to 2022. And when you do that, the book talker's influence is not waning much at all. In fact, the, the 100 or so authors that they follow, their sales are up about 40%. So there is every reason to think that the, the medium is not lessening its impact at all. And one thing she pointed to was cookbooks. Uh, cookbooks were a little soft last year because, again, you know, early days of the pandemic, cookbook sales were, were soaring. But the four best-selling cookbooks all had authors who were uh, at high, high profiles on social media. Jim Milliot, Editor-at-Large with Publishers Weekly. Thanks for joining me today with your reporting and editorial analysis. Always nice to be here, Chris. Coming up on CCC's podcast, founded in 1969 in the San Francisco Bay Area, Small Press Distribution is the nation's only exclusively literary nonprofit book distributor, serving small, independent literary publishers. SPD Executive Director Kent Watson tells me that the organization's business model lets it take risks on books by new or marginalized writers. A lot of large distributors require a certain outlay of not only the amount of titles that they have, but the amount of uh, money that they generate each year to even get into distribution, which seems kind of crazy. You have to get distribution to get distribution, it seems a, a little nuts. So what we do, and we operate as a nonprofit 501c3. So we are mission-based. We do a lot of uh, literary fiction, literary nonfiction. Most of our books are based around poetry. Uh, we do some art criticism and that sort of thing. We also, inside of who we work with, uh, with our publishers and their authors, 60% of our best-selling titles come from people of color. 35% of our best-selling titles come from LBGTQ plus authors. And 75% of our best-selling titles come from women-identified authors. So we're really here to help the marketplace uh, equalize and allow everyone to have a voice in the community. Small Press Values, next on Velocity of Content. That's all for now. Our producer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. Subscribe to Velocity of Content wherever you go for podcasts and don't miss an episode of the show. The CCC podcast is also available on the CCC YouTube channel. I'm Christopher Keneally. Thanks for joining me. 